just wondering if um, if you felt compelled to go talk to Wynn Talapapa because the tragedy at Virginia, those are all former teammates and former running backs, some of them. And, and uh, he was tweeting, it looked like at 2 in the morning about it. I just wonder if uh, you'll reach out to him on that. Yeah, Wayne, Wayne has already uh, been up to the offices today, and, and uh, we all collectively put our arms around him, and he's hurting. He's hurting. He knew those kids well, and um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough time for him right now. But he's hanging in there, and, and uh, he's got a lot of strength to give, and I know he'll get back to those families. When you look back at that tape, just what, what allowed Pettix to have, just have so much success in the second half? Because it really seemed like halftime seemed to click. The third quarter, floodgates opened up. Just what maybe changed at halftime? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if anything changed. I think, obviously, it always starts with uh, the O-line doing a great job protecting. And, uh, you know, they've done an awesome job of that all year. And, you know, keeping Mike clean, that he can stay confident in his reads. And um, we changed up um, a couple small things, but nothing earth-shattering. You know, some checks that we knew we were going to have to make. And um, I, I just thought he did a good job of getting through all the progressions and making the reads he had to. There have been some questions prior to that game about J-Mac dropping a couple balls this season in big spots. Um, what can you say about the game he had and also, obviously, the, the sort of 50-50 ball that he wrestled away? Yeah, J-Mac, uh, you know, one of the things I love about him is is after the fact and, and in the moment, um, he's he's doing a great job of owning it. And so I know in some of the some of the plays that maybe he hadn't made, um, and drops he had, I mean, he was the first one to say, I got to make those catches, coach. Like, you, you got to be able to count on me in those moments. And, and honestly, I never thought about averting the football away from him um, because – I've seen him make those kind of catches from spring ball till now. And uh, so we, we've got a ton of trust. And and obviously, so does Mike. You know, he just kind of tried to frame him with the ball and let J-Mac go up and make a play. And honestly, the kid made a tremendous play. The ball was a little bit high, came up over the top of J-Mac. And, you know, we just uh, – we showed that play quite a few times in the offensive meeting yesterday and just talked about the competitive stamina it takes to, you know, when you're in the middle of that and how J-Mac never quit on the ball. You know, some guys would feel somebody come over the top, initially make the catch, and just kind of crumble under the weight of the defender. And, and J-Mac, you know, literally fought to the last second and took the ball away. It was a phenomenal play, and, and that was something that, you know, I thought really sparked us, you know, that no matter who it was, somebody was going to be able to make a play. Every uh, coin toss this year that you've won, you've deferred. You guys elected to take the ball. Can you talk about what went into that decision? When was it made and when you told Michael? Yeah, we um, – Coach DeBoer and, and Coach Morell and Coach Hinge and I had talked about that the, the day before, and um, we had made that decision that if we won it, um, we had some confidence in the game plan that we were going to be able to go in there and strike the floor, you know, first blow. You know, and that's something that wasn't – Anything O or D was just more, you know, that was our most aggressive play. And we wanted to show the kids that, you know, we had an attack mentality on that day. And um, I thought they did a great job of that. I told the guys on Saturday um, that we'd be taking the ball if we won the toss. And, you know, they were fired up. You know, I think it was a, it was a good move by Coach DeBoer and, and got the appropriate response from the kids. And they were ready to compete. Right. At first half, 14 passes, 14 runs. And then the second half, kind of more 21 passes, 8 runs. Was that a conscious decision to just kind of just get going through the air, or was that really more about what was given to you guys? 
Um, a little bit of both. A little bit of both. You know, there was there was definitely some confidence uh, running the ball. Um, I felt like, with the exception of a couple of short yardage plays, you know, I felt like we could move the ball on the ground for sure. Um, but there was some coverage things where I felt pretty strongly that there were some holes that Mike would be able to recognize, and um, he's been. You know, highly accurate all year. So felt good about him being able to move, you know, uh, some big plays. And we just didn't want, you know, a drive to stall out. And I thought that's what was really important was Oregon came out, touchdown, we answer with a touchdown. They get a touchdown, we answer with a touchdown. And, and at that point on the call sheet, I just had the most confidence in, in our past concepts. The drive that started after the fourth down stop was about, what, three minutes to go. Uh, sorry, about 26 to go. Looking back, that you maybe want to run a little more clock there at that point in time? Uh, are you talking about first half or se- are you talking second about half. second half? Fourth half stop when they slipped and you guys took over. So um, on the second down play, you know, felt really good about the uh, tempo call there just to keep it moving that I didn't want us to, you know, stall out and, and time to even be an issue. But we were down there close enough where, um, you know, and honestly, if we break in on a route, um, we're probably not even talking about it. We moved the sticks, but just had a lot of confidence in the call. And, you know, it would have been nice, obviously, to be able to run the ball on second down, milk some clock there, and then figure out what you want to do on third down. But, you know, uh, it certainly was in the back of my mind, but um, wanted to stay aggressive and, and try to win the game. I've seen Michael make a number of pretty impressive throws this year, but the, the touchdown to Taj to get it there in front of the safety. Um, is, is that a rare throw for, for a college quarterback to be able, be able to make? Kind of what's the degree of difficulty on that one? Yeah, that's uh, that's the best throw I've seen Mike make in a game. You know, I've seen him make a lot of crazy throws at practice too, but um, just his recognition of the coverage scheme uh, was phenomenal and just his ability to get the ball out on time, throw the right type of ball. Um, and I think... You know, the arm talent piece is, is a big part, but I think the two pieces that are uh, even more impressive to me is, you know, Mike chopping his footwork down to be on time to get the ball there and it being as accurate as it was. I mean, you saw how tight, number one, the window was to get the ball in there to Taj. And then at the same time, it being so accurate that Taj doesn't just fall out of bounds, you know. And, and you see the same thing on, you know, JP's touchdown. That was a that was a great throw as well with, you know, Justin Flo kind of bearing down on him a little bit. And, um, you know, JP doesn't even have to break stride. And so those are two touchdown plays that because of the accuracy of the throw, you know, resulted in a explosive touchdown. What's the reaction in the coach's box when, I mean, you just said it's the best throw he's made all year. What's the reaction in the box when you see something? That one was, yeah, we were, we were pretty fired up after that one. <laughs> That's That one, uh, there was a lot of fist pumping going on and banging on, on the window and whatnot. But it was, uh, that was, that was just pure joy, excitement, you know, and um, showed the guys yesterday that, you know, prior to that play, um, there's a kind of a win indicator on, on ESPN on their website, and you can kind of go along on the timeline. And when Mike completed the ball to uh, CD, I think for a three-yard gain on the right on a play-action pass, at that point, Oregon had a 92.5% chance to win the football game. And I showed the guys that yesterday, not in a sense like, oh, wow, look, what, you know, this is what we did, but more so that that was not what the feeling on the sideline was. I, I would have said it was flipped, you know, that they knew we were going to win. And, and just their... 
their confidence in themselves and, and the ability to make a play in that moment. Um, I just think it keeps growing. And you look back to the Oregon State game, same thing. You know, they got the ball, tough conditions, and, and they felt really confident they were going to go down there and execute. So I just thought that was, you know, phenomenal play and kids executing, being on time. It was, it was a lot of fun. I think Taj played like eight snaps, and that was his only target. What is it about that situation that, that had him on the field in, in that spot? You know, it was it was just his time to be in. Um, honestly, and that was one of the things where, um, you know, Taj is really the alert throw. And so there has to be a pretty specific coverage for Taj to get the football on that. And it was one of the things I pointed out to the offense was that had Taj just kind of jogged or run his route because nine times out of ten, he's not getting that ball. He, he's the release to hold the edge. And that's not how he ran the route. He ran the route like he was getting the ball. And that's what made the difference. You know, he was on time with a lot of tempo coming out of the, you know, off the ball. And, and he was ready for it, you know. And so the spotlight hit him and he was ready to go. So I thought that was, it wasn't necessarily a game plan thing. You know, him or JP could have been out there. It was just Taj's time to be there. But, you know, it was, it was awesome to see him make that play. Right on that uh, first field goal. Uh, Henry went in motion, was that what he did? And, and um, you got a second chance to go for it if you wanted to on fourth and one. What, what would happen with uh, Henry, and, and uh, did you think about getting, you know, you got a reprieve on that play again, two fourth and one opportunities? Yep, we, we had a chance to think about it, and, um, you know, we chose to take the points and, and stay with it. You know, ultimately that was obviously coach's choice. Um, and as far as the, the field goal operation, I have no clue. I don't, I don't delve into that world, so... <laughs> What if like you moved to, to maybe put it back a little further for a normal, you know? Extra yeah, it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have hurt. The extra yardage probably didn't hurt him. Mike threw an interception, and his next throw was a touchdown pass. What was your conversation with him between those two throws? Well, you know, I, I think it has more to do um, – with the preparation and the conversation before the game, you know, and one of the big reminders for, for Mike in, in any game, but let alone a big game is just don't let, you know, one good play or bad play define you, you know, and I think that's one of the most difficult parts of playing quarterback is to actually live by that. You know, a lot of people talk about that, um, but just to see Mike, you know, be able to come back out and have the courage to, get right back on the horse and, and make the big plays that, you know, his team needed, I think says everything you got to know about Mike, because I, I mean, we're on the one yard line, obviously you can work on just punching the ball in. Um, that's a play we had supreme confidence in that if they drop zone that he would just throw it away. Um, was unbelievably surprised, honestly, that Mike made a bad decision there because he is so um, trustworthy with the football and, and consistently makes great decisions. So it was surprising to see him do that. Um, that part surprised me, but him getting back out there and being ready to throw a touchdown next time he touched the ball didn't surprise me at all. What are those like, conversations like with him? You know, that, that's a short one, honestly. Um, he got on the phone. I said, you know better than that. You know that's not the throw. You know that's that's not the play. And we moved on and started talking about the next drive because with Mike, you don't have to labor obvious points. You know, that's something – there's nobody in that stadium that felt more sick than Mike um, on that play. And, and and he knew it. You know, he he owned it right away, and he was ready to move on. I think that's part of the deal. You, you know, me sitting there dog-cussing him and making an ordeal out of it isn't going to do anything. you got to get him ready for the next series so he can make the next, next throw. The offensive line's had a lot of big games this year, particularly in pass protection. Do you feel like this was – their best game as a group, and also Corey Luciano. Uh, kind of talked a little bit about him, and I think you guys 
submitted him for a Pac-12 lineman of the week. What did he do to kind of stand out in this one? Yeah, you know, Corey, I think what's really cool for him is, you know, number one, I think in any schematic case, you know, whatever you do offensively, uh, a tough road game, uh, there's nobody that that's harder on than the center and the quarterback. And for Corey to come out, you know, is not that Corey's never played here at Washington, but um, hasn't functioned as a starting center in, in a game like that. You know, we played tough road games for sure, um, but the crowd noise can add a whole nother level of complexity to making calls and things like that. And he did a great job with that. I think he missed one call really um, that we saw. And other than that, he, he played a really, really good football game. And so I think when the quarterback has confidence in his center that he's going to make the right calls and um, he's going to feel comfortable. Uh, I, I think that that takes, you know, a lot of pressure off of Mike. And I think probably one of the things Corey does a, a great job of is what you don't want um, is a bunch of actors on the O-line. When they mess up, something's wrong. They need to give accurate feedback to, to myself and Coach Huff, you know, on the sideline. Like, hey, what happened? Don't We're not trying to point fingers. We're just trying to figure it out. And they've done a good job of that all year. And I think Corey owns it when, when we have to figure it out. And, and uh, you know, he's able to communicate really well with Mike on the sideline. And I think that that's some of the things that are setting those guys apart right now. What was the playing ride like on the way home? It was, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. A lot of guys cheering and laughing and having fun. And um, those, are, those are the things you try to encourage the guys to, to celebrate that. Because, you know, 10 years from now, that's what they'll remember. You know, it was maybe not necessarily right in each moment, but, you know, where they just get to sit back and really soak it in and uh, enjoy it because they earned it. How do you come back get that out of the way? Yeah. One in 19, you guys are huge favorites. They've lost four in a row. How do you get rid of that buzz and refocus, I guess? Yeah, we, that's, that's a great question. Easier said than done, honestly. Um, but... We got to try to, you know, trust in our kids. One of the first things we mentioned right away is that that's a unbelievable memory. And right now that's what it has to be. And it's got to stay right there. You know, put it in the past and leave it there for now. You'll be able to celebrate that and enjoy it the rest of your life. But right now, um, that's we don't have time for that. You know, we got to move on to see you. And shoot, there's some things, obviously, in that football game we could have done a lot better. You know, I felt like... Um, at minimum, we left 15 points on the board between, you know, having to kick two field goals and obvious scoring down on the one-yard line. You know, there's some things offensively we, we sure could have done better to make that that game a lot easier. And, and uh, that's the special part about these kids. They own that, and they're ready to step up and, and try to fix those things and do even better against Colorado. So I'm expecting a great week of practice, and uh, we got to ignore, you know, the opponent and just realize that it's about us and, bring out the best version of ourselves. So like I said, it, I, I'm, I'm excited to see how much maturity these kids come out with and, and how they prepare this week uh, because I don't want to put it all on the coaching staff. I don't want us to have to lecture the guys every day. I want them to come out and be excited about practicing. You guys are number three in the country on third down. For the last two weeks, it hasn't been the third short. There's been some remarkable conversions. What do you attribute to your guys' ability to convert on the third and 10 and third and 14 and all those things? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, we've done a good job as a staff of, um, you know, getting the guys coached up on the potential looks that they're going to see. And uh, when we get the looks that we want, you know, Mike knowing where to put the ball. And I think it starts there. And then, you know, obviously guys running good routes and Mike have an option two and three available to them and the O-line protecting. And uh, they're, they're executing at a high rate and some 
pretty high pressure situations and I think it carries over into other parts of the game too and you see us backed up and we were on a sprint out play you know I, I thought that that was a a phenomenal play you know we're, we're backed up and I don't know if there was a louder point in the football game than that and Mike rolls out to his left and you know easily hits Rome for 12 yards and move the sticks and we keep going so I think there's there's some pieces to that where those high pressure moments uh, the guys are, are kind of used to being in them to some extent and that's helping them execute at a high rate. Fifteen yard run uh, early in the game where he spun away from two guys, and we hadn't really seen something like that out of him. Has he been under any limitations as far no. as trying to scramble? Like no, that? it was about time he did that. <laughs> That's why I told him on the headphones. I said it's about time we see those size fourteens get to work because he can do that for sure. Um, but it was awesome to see. I thought that was, you know, by far the best play he made with his feet and just the sense that he had of the free player off the backside edge and how to get around him. But no, Mike is. A really athletic kid, and uh, at the same time, he's he's really smart. He knows how to take care of his body and and protect himself. But I thought he had a couple of really nice scrambles. So you were I mean, Dan asked about special teams, but Dan Henry missed a game winner down there four years ago. I'm sure you're aware of that. Yeah. Does that resonate with you at all when you see a kid bounce back four years later and basically do the exact opposite thing at the same stage? Oh man, I mean, I was just excited for him. You know, we we knew our job offensively, and you know, um, we kind of talked about you know, Jack Westover catches that first one, and I think there's so many details in that play leading up to. Peyton making that kick, you know, our guys being in tune that we need every single yard. You know, Mike throws a really accurate ball to the front side tip of Jack Westover, and he's able to surge upfield and get four to five more yards, and you need every one of those yards um, to get there. So I, I just thought that was, um, you know, a really cool moment for him as a, as a kicker. And, you know, two weeks in a row, honestly, I realized the Oregon State one wasn't a, a deep kick or anything, but it's windy, and it's a pressure-placed moment, and he did an awesome job. Game planning for Oregon, what were the areas that you thought you could attack? And is there a player or two that really highlighted the offensive game plan for that that worked? Yeah, I, I thought there was a couple specific coverage looks that we could go after. I thought the, the touchdown uh, for JP, we were looking for a specific coverage there. And, and once I saw that, I knew we could get to that play. Um, and there's always those are always built into the game plan every week. Um, we felt like there were some balls that we could get down the field on them at times. And, uh, um, and I felt like we could move them up front. Um, I felt like there was going to be some seams where if we got people moving and off their point a little bit on the box count, that, that we'd be able to make him pay a little bit and that first touchdown showed up that way when we got man coverage on a on an open set run and, and Wayne made him made him pay on that one. You guys running backs were pretty settled with Tal Papa and Davis um, a little bit Sam Adams but, but those two guys have you kind of yeah, those three, and I'd say Rich still. You know, Rich got in there a few plays as well. Um, but CD and Wayne have definitely been the workhorses, and um, you know, I think that their preparation is as good as anybody on the team, and you know, especially Wayne. I mean, he's just he's so dialed. We gave him the details award this week, not for what just he does on offense, but even in special teams, he's a four-phase guy that knows everything, every part of every play he's supposed to be in on, and so it's it's just good seeing a guy like that executed at a high level. What happened to Will Nixon? 
Uh, he, he got a little bit dinged, um, and he was kind of coming back, and sometimes those things happen where a guy kind of falls behind. You know, when you're trying to jump in and get those number three reps, you know, it doesn't take much to throw another guy off that's kind of even with him. And um, so then you saw a little bit more Sam Adams in, in Will's role um, this last week. All right. Okay. All right. Thanks. Morning. Could, could you update us on uh, um, Jordan Perryman? And I don't think Devon Banks made the trip either. Uh, Jordan's day to day. Uh, Devon's uh, out for the season. Obviously, missed tackles were a struggle in that game, and Oregon's you know created those problems for a lot of people. But what do you attribute that to? I mean, they just got some elite guys back there. I mean, those guys are definitely slippery. They're a handful. We knew it was going to be a challenge for us going into the game. And what we really ask our guys to do is just constantly be relentless. You know, if it's not the first guy getting them on the ground, if it's not the second guy getting them on the ground, just got to have elite pursuit to the football. And, you know, I thought our guys did a great job of that throughout the course of the game. You look down the stretch in the fourth quarter, and, man, our guys are still, I mean, they're ripping, they're running the ball, they're playing as hard as they can play. And, and um, you know, they did a great job of the, you know, the third and fourth guy sometimes had to put them on the ground and so you know proud of our our guys in terms of their resilience even though we did have some missed tackles yeah critical i mean i think you know our game plan going in is you know um Nick's had barely been touched the whole season. I mean, nobody's, you know, hardly breathed on him. And so really our focal point throughout the course of the game, uh, you know, in some of their read game and some of their other things is we had to put some hits on him. And I think, you know, we were able to send a message early. You know, we got to him a couple of times early on, even though he dumped the ball off or, or got an incomplete pass out of it. You know, guys were able to get to him a little bit. And then, you know, obviously at the end of the game, you know, just a, a setup for us where we have our, you know, our post player spying the quarterback and, and everybody was wired in on the play. And, you know, you got a veteran savvy guy in Alex Cook and, you know, just saw the saw the gap open up and did his job and, and just no hesitation. You know, I mean, he, he took a, a heck of a run through at a critical time for us. That fourth down play um, with Oregon. First of all, were you surprised that they went for it on that? I guess not really. They'd done that all season. Um, so they've been in backed up situations throughout the course of, course of the season where, you know, as you go through the film study, it's fourth and one. They're on their own 25-yard line, and, and they go for it. And they do that on a regular basis. Now, I don't, you know, in terms of their game mechanics and, and why they do that, um, but uh, it wasn't a surprise to us. Was that Eddie pinched in? And yeah, yeah, just in our gapped out, you know, basically in a goal line call for us. And, and um, you know, Eddie's uh, bearing down. So where that guy slips, falls in between, he, isn't, he wasn't going anywhere on that play. And, and uh, guys just did a great job. And actually, you know, I look at a couple of fourth downs earlier in the game. We had the fourth and uh, super short early in the game, and they barely got the first down. And then, uh, you know, even on the one before the half, they barely got the first down. It's one thing I think our guys take a lot of pride in is fourth down. Uh, we've been in, in this new age of analytics. We're in a lot of fourth down scenarios. And, you know, our guys take a lot of pride. We've had several fourth and short stops throughout the course of the season. Has there been any thoughts to put Dom Hampton outside with all the injuries mounting up? You know, he's always, I mean, the great thing about Dom, he's always a, he's a good athlete and he can do multiple things, but uh, we had a very specific role for him last week. It's, it was critical just to have him where he was at and, and um, you know, he does a great job for us there, so. 
Can you take us through the last defensive series with Oregon getting the ball and um, just kind of what was going on there and just what you were trying to do? The the very last round? Yeah. Yeah, yeah just, um, you know, dime package, you know, keep stuff in front of us. We knew they had, a you know, a lot of field to travel there at the end. Um, the guys, did, we did a great job initially getting them into fourth and long. We got to finish. We got out of our zone a little bit on the fourth and 15. But, you know, the guys didn't – they didn't blink at all. You know, I think they've – those are situations that we've repeated so many times in practice, whether it's the victory play at the last play of the game or those those things. We simulate those things every single week uh, against our offense. I think Coach DeBoer does a great job of making sure, you know, all the boxes are checked every week. And so it wasn't an unusual uh, situation for us to be in. We've, we've literally repped that, you know, dozens and dozens of times throughout the course of the season. And when their player went down with an injury with like yeah. a second to go. No comment. <laughs> I don't think I could say anything on that. i give you my true feelings on it someday. How would you assess Eddie? Uh, I think he gave maybe 15 plays. He had six tackles. Yeah, I thought Eddie was fantastic. I mean, I think, you know, um, down the, the stretch of the game, you know, you, you let your guys roll. And, you know, he was a super physical presence on that, you know, as a part of that long drive. And then their, their second to last drive, uh, you know, and, and it's just great to have him back in there. He's such a savvy veteran player, and he's, and he's very skillful. Um, did a great job of shedding blocks, getting off the blocks, being at the point of attack driving the defense and you know it's just it's even more exciting as we can you know slowly let his rep volume come up um, as he gets fully back and um, you know was was outstanding and I think you just lean on that I mean you got critical leadership veteran guys uh, that are making big plays when it counts the most Kim uh, asked you about the guy falling down I don't want to push that but is that yeah. something that you guys talk in the conference about I'll leave that for Coach DeBoer Above your pay grade. Above my pay grade. <laughs> I'll keep that one to him. We've seen some more of Chris Mole recent weeks. He's yeah. Been, he's been kind of coming on season gone Yeah, I love Chris right now. I just think Chris has made just a phenomenal jump here. You know, I think he, he quite honestly, he struggled early in the season. And really about the mid midpoint of the season, I think, you know, we really challenged him as a veteran football player. You know, obviously he's new to our program, but he's a veteran football player. And, man, there was just a light bulb that went on with him. And I'm so proud of him because I think you're in your you know you're in your last year playing college football and you know early on in the season things hadn't quite gone his way and um, just the resolve that he had and the determination that he had and and you know he shows up on film a lot for us right now and he's, he's in the right position he's a very high IQ football player and he's using his athleticism to put him on plays. What do you feel like that light, light coming on moment was for Chris? You know, I think it was, you know, really it was it was kind of around the around the Arizona game time frame where just, you know, he is very intelligent. And I think just having the confidence to, to go be the guy and, and be an elite communicator. Um, and, and we brought him in and challenged him with those things. And he really owned it. And, and since that point, he's never looked back. When Ty Thompson came in, you know, can you tell me a little bit about how things changed in your mind? Did you feel pretty confident that he was going to be handing the ball off? Yeah, well, he's got he's dangerous with his feet too. You know, some the guy that we're very in tune with and aware of, and and I think at that point they're trying to manage to do a little bit of managing the clock and and making sure you know you don't want to put a lot of pressure. Typically, guys are going to want to put a lot of pressure on a quarterback just fresh off the sideline. But you know, we were really in tune with the quarterback run game at that point, just because we know he can be dangerous with his feet and. And um, you know, I thought our guys did a did a great job of of getting us four and out in that series.
Latou Agostinoa seems to, he, you know, he starts, he plays, but he only plays and stretches. Is he being a warrior right now? Is he kind of beat up a little bit? Yeah, I mean, anybody plays D-tackle and, and you're in the, you know, 10th game of the season, speed up. And, um, yeah, we got to manage him a little bit. Um, but, you know, I thought he was critical for us. There's there's a couple of key plays later in the game where we were able to get him back out there. And, and um, you know, we are managing him a little bit right now. But, again, another veteran guy that just um, is a force for us on the interior. And, and every time he's in there he's he's set in the front and making plays yeah they were all spent yeah. coaches included sure well I mean they've been through you know they've been through uh, a lot of uh, a lot of situations throughout the course of the year I think um, obviously they're you know quarterback they've, it's been an evolving situation for them I think the one thing they do is they do a great job schematically um, they put their kids they're going to challenge you schematically and they're going to uh, definitely be in attack mode all the time and and um, you know a lot of moving pieces you know they, they give you a lot of different pictures that you got to line up and defend and, and their coaches are uh, doing a great job getting those guys ready to play every week despite the circumstances that they're in all right good morning um i just first want to start off uh and just uh, make sure, uh, you know, the University of Virginia uh, football program knows that our thoughts and prayers are with them. And, um, you know, we, we are always about, you know, the competition and the battles that happen on Saturdays. But there's a brotherhood, I think, that it, uh, I know exists across college football. And, um, you know, we're thinking about them um, and, uh, you know, praying for strength and uh, that they can get through this. And, you know, we have uh, Wayne Talpop on our football team who's very close to that team. And, um, you know, he's he's working through in an emotional time, too, is too right now. So um, just want to, wanted to make sure I started with that because uh, it's a hard time they're going through. So um, in regards to just uh, where we're at, uh, you know, what an awesome moment for our guys. Um, you know, I just really feel so strong that they deserve, uh, we deserve, uh, the, you know, our guys uh, deserve this uh, experience. Uh, they've been through a lot, uh, not just uh, this year, but years past. And, um, you know, there's all these little storylines, uh, whether it's Peyton, you know, kicking uh, the game winner, uh, which is now two weeks in a row for him. Um, but just, uh, you know, how much this game means to everyone. Uh, including, um, you know, the, the Husky Nation and uh, the rivalry that exists there. But, um, man, what, a, what an awesome night. And it's uh, something that, you know, the, mem the memories and, uh, you know, they can't – no one can take that away from our guys. And, um, you know, there comes a point where we got to move on. And we talked about that a lot yesterday. But we certainly celebrated, uh, you know, and went through some of the big moments and uh, the highlights. And, you know, they're all learning moments as well because that game was uh, back and forth like many we've been in. And um, I think that's why we were ready for the moment is uh, we've been through a lot and we've uh, taken each of those situations whether it be the adversity that we face and how we've responded or the ways we've found a way to win um, whether we had a lead and things were closing or whether we came from behind and won um, we've used all those great moments and so um, it's a culmination of a lot of things but uh, awesome experience for our guys super proud of them questions behind the decision to wear all purples down there 
Uh, well, just, I mean, you know, felt like yellow was a lighter color, right? And so um, just from our end, the, the contrast, uh, um, I felt like that was appropriate. You know, we, uh, I feel, especially from a quarterback vantage point, you need to see and feel the different colors because um, it's not only what you see in front of you, it's the peripheral vision. And, you know, it worked out well where we could wear our home purples, you know, on the road, so. You guys didn't have any fourth down attempts yesterday, and you had the fewest amount of third down attempts. Was a lot of that predicated on getting so much success on first and second down? Yeah, it was. I think some of our third downs on that first drive were huge. They were the longer ones I think we had, and uh, some great conversions there. Um, but uh, yeah, the guys did the guys did a good job. Uh, you know, on first and second down, the efficiency was was good. There was less plays being run that were run. Also in the first half, what lends itself to less third down opportunities. Um, but um, you know, cup couple of them, uh, you know, that were probably the easier ones. We'd like to you know have executed and found a way to convert. But um, you know, the fourth down moments uh, that came um, just felt right to uh, take the points and get the field goals at those times. Well, I think um, you take the the timing and uh, of the the moment, um, and you add that to the throw itself, the read, and just the culmination of everything. Um, I would have to agree. You know, I'd have to say that that was uh, the biggest and best throw. Um, you know, I've seen him make. Um, he's made a lot of them, but uh, that was. Uh, that was a, a perfect, perfect moment, perfect time to, to deliver. That's for sure. Could you talk about uh, Devon? Sorry, uh, you're going to have a couple guys making decisions, as always, on the draft. Penix is one of them. Rome's probably another. Yep. Have you started to have those conversations, or is that something you just kind of waited left this season? I think there's 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 certainly conversations um, that position coaches, myself, are just having um, as the season's gone on. Uh, just um, you know, we're trying to help them out. We're just trying to educate them, and we're we're doing some things this week uh, as well with not just some of those guys, but our program in general. Um, and we try to do that. Uh, you know, we'll try to do that continually on a year year round basis. Kind of have of different moments throughout the year where we're educating the masses and then kind of narrowing it down um, just to help them with uh, the scope of what's going on. And so um, it's not something I think it's too late if you wait till after the season's completely over um, because, you know, people uh, people are going to be all over these guys uh, to try to figure out what they're doing. So uh, we're certainly, you know, having low-level conversations with them and trying to help them find answers if they have questions. Chuck was asked about the apparent injury from nowhere to Chris Hudson um, on the second to last play of the game where they've got a player literally telling him to hit the deck yeah. and falls down. What did you see and what was your perspective on that? You, you know, that's, that's what we see too, you know, and it's just one of those things like – what can you do? The officials have to acknowledge and, you know, I don't want to be insensitive and, you know, if there's an injury, you know, that's part of the game, you know, those things happen. So, um, you know, I know those things are always looked at from a league level and it's part of college football that uh, we get, you know, in our discussions, uh, you know, in the off season, but, uh, you know, I, 
the, the officials have to acknowledge and honor that, uh, that, that it's an injury. And, you know, that's, I guess, as a coach, that's the way I have to do, you know, and um, just the timing of it is hard because, as you know, you know, the clock would have started and um, it is what it is. You know, unfortunately, we're on the right end of it uh, here. Uh, we're talking here today with a victory. So um, just tell him, you know, do you hope he's OK? I think they're they're certainly well aware. You know, those are things that, from an official standpoint and everything, that uh, those discussions certainly happen in the reviewing of each and every game. With the, the, uh, Devon Banks out for the season, could you give us a little detail? Did he get hurt in a game practice? Or did he have surgery? What, what happened to him? Yeah, Devon, um, and I mean, yeah, it happened in a game uh, a few weeks ago, and he'll have surgery this week. Um, so uh, it's not something that just happened once it's been reoccurring throughout the year, you know, and I, I just go back to, we've had many guys that um, when we talk uh, probably when the season's over and uh, some of the crazy things that have happened, uh, you know, in games or um, the injuries guys have played through, uh, you know, and uh, just put themselves out there for this football team each and every week. And Devon would be one of those guys. Uh, Julius Irvin would be another who I know last week we discussed is, is out for the year. Um, there's been some times when uh, we just needed those guys on the football field and, uh, you know, not that it was a risk, but uh, they were, you know, in, in a spot where they, uh, you know, they wanted to do whatever they could to help. And, um, you know, it just comes a point where you can't handle anymore. He's now out for the season. That's a, that's a pretty big hit to your position area. Yeah, and, and then, um, you know, it's a position group that obviously early in the year was was uh, short to begin with. So um, I'm proud of those guys, the way they fight. I'm proud of the way they all stick together. Um, there's been times when, uh, um, I mean, they've just, you know, it's gut check, you know, every practice and every game. And, um, you know, Devon uh, certainly will recover and be stronger because of it. The explanation on the the injury stoppage that there was no runoff because the, the clock stopped for the first down. Correct. Yeah. Yep. On uh, Tony's uh, post game show, you mentioned that there was a story behind um, Peyton kicking that first field goal. And, can you tell us a little bit? About uh, I mean, it's just we've used uh, I, I know he was asking about Dylan being out there and we've used Dylan a few different times and just uh, wrinkles that we have had we have in our program uh, that we work on and just, um, you know, probably wasn't quite at that point. Uh, the moment we took the decided to take the points. But, um, you know, we used Dylan a couple different times against Oregon State and earlier in the year too, um, just intentionally um, just to sometimes it just takes the heat off the rush and sometimes it's uh, just things that you're you know getting ready to do with your program whether it's this game or other games down the road and, um, you know keeping people on edge for sure is a, is a part of those uh, tactics with Lanyada Alexander fielding the onside kick uh, obviously Oregon stole possession against UCLA doing that is I'm sure you guys were prepared for that. What yeah. did you see? What was the preparation going on? Yeah, they uh, came out with some jersey numbers in different spots for that kickoff, and um, it alerted uh, our coaching staff. And um, even just the timing of it, it kind of was like I flipped over to both sides and just, uh, you know, ha had a heads up. And it's something we would do anyway, um, just given the kick, the onside kick they had, as you said, against UCLA. Um, but um, there were some indicators that uh, something fishy she was up, uh, and we needed to be ready. You have a chance to, to get Jordan Perryman back this week? Uh, yeah, I would say he's day-to-day, -day, you know, um, and we'd hope. Uh, I don't anticipate him maybe practicing early in the week, but as the week goes on, um, my hopes are that he'd be out there playing on Saturday. 
One thing to, to have familiarity with an offense like Penix had, but not having work with Grubb, that 62-yarder to Taj, is that just the epitome of kind of what Mike is and what he can do? Yeah, and it's it's those two working together. Um, just, you know, they'd seen that coverage at uh, on, on maybe one clip. Uh, and I know the, the clip that they refer to uh, when they talk about that read. Uh, and, you know, Mike recognized it. Um, earlier in this game, we had thrown the ball to Rome. Uh, on, a, on, a sim, on the same play and got a different coverage. And, uh, you know, on that call, uh, they they went to the look where Taj has to be ready and, and Mike delivered. Um, and as Coach Grubb said, I mean, you know, Mike's preparedness uh, for that moment and just not even thinking twice, just trusting what he sees, um, using his preparation, his experience, and then Taj just running hard, you know, um, even when that ball probably isn't going to go to him, him running a good, hard, crisp, clean route. You guys have struggled at times with, with kickoffs and kickoff coverage, and that kind of fits you at times against Oregon. Just what do you need to do in that area to improve some of those things? Yeah, there was a there was a really is what it comes down to. A lot of times, it's just one guy. You know, a um, couple simple things uh, with one guy here, one guy there. And uh, as we've in some ways gotten healthier, um, we've changed some of the personnel on those kickoff uh, coverage units on the kickoff coverage unit. And um, a guy might move to a different spot. And, uh, you know, as much as you really feel like you got it ingrained in your schemes that we've run for now 10 games. And, uh, you know, there's a little adjustments here and there. But, um, you know, it just takes one guy to to not recognize something or not execute properly. And, you know, um, a minimal return can turn into something, you know, where they're getting the ball in the 35, 40. So um, kick locations are always key. I mean, we, we want, we'd love to have it out the end zone, but the one way it was seemed like, even though there wasn't much of a wind, it was hard to get it out. Um, kick locations are always where it starts. And uh, we just got to always, you know, try to be better with where we're trying to spot the ball because, uh, you know, we don't want to give uh, the least amount of options and areas for that ball to go. Um, and uh, there's schemes that are around where we want him to. Grady continues to work. He's done a great job all year. And, um, you know, uh, between Grady and the unit, um, you know, there's certainly things that we just needed to clean up. Coach but, Trump talked about it a little bit, but um, can you talk about – you know, did Coach Grubb and Mike lobby to take the ball first on the opening kickoff? And what was the turning point where you go, yeah, we're taking the ball? Yeah, we, uh, I don't want to say Mike lobbied. I think it was for more of uh, the coaching side of it. Um, you know, earlier in the week, it kind of was brought up and, uh, you know, to think about. And um, we've done that a few times throughout the years uh, where, you know, you just, uh, especially when you're on the road, uh, you, you think about taking the ball. I'm so big on how you have that momentum going into halftime and how you come out. Um, and especially when you have a, a, an experienced team, but we were also facing a, a team that plays so well and just jumps on top of people. So it just felt right for us to, uh, you know, uh, take the ball. Uh, we've had a lot of success, uh, you know, in our first drives of the game. I felt like we were pretty locked in. And, um, you know, between Coach Grubb, Coach Inge, and um, Coach Morrell, you know, we all agreed that uh, that was a great way to start out the game. Last home game Saturday, Coach Fast. Yeah. You mentioned these guys going through a lot, three different coaches, coordinators, assistants. Any thoughts on the seniors going out? Yeah, yeah. We have uh, we'll have 13 guys that we'll be recognizing um, on Saturday, and um, 11 scholarship guys. For the most part, the scholarship guys are all the guys that have zero eligibility left. There'll be a couple um, walk-ons that uh, that you know have been here for 
five or five years uh, or have no eligibility. So, um, man, what, what they've given to this program uh, is, is so much, you know, and they're all got their individual stories. Um, you got Jackson's story and you got AC and, you know, just they've they've done so much. They've accomplished a lot. Uh, um, and then they've also gotten through COVID and, um, you know, a four and eight season. And here we are, you know, uh, eight and two. And, you know, it starts with these guys. It starts with their resiliency, uh, their attitude, and uh, just how passionate they are about Husky football. Um, so, you know, I've leaned on them so much over the last really almost 12 months now, you know, to give me guidance when uh, I have questions about, you know, how things have done been done in the past or how we're doing, uh, you know, with our attitude and, and uh, you know, the little things, areas I can clean up for the team uh, that maybe are, um, you know, not right where we want them in sync. And so um, they've been open, honest. Uh, they've, uh, they've been great. You know, the whole team, I think, being open to our staff coming in um, starts with these, uh, these seniors in particular uh, Brennan Holmes um, is done with his eligibility he has zero so um, and then Gage Hardy how important has that experience been on the offensive line where you mentioned Kirkland but also like you know Henry Manavala wasn't sure if he was going to keep playing football yeah. I think and then Luciano was a transfer he yeah. didn't start for a couple of years just the combination of those guys how big has that been for you it, it, at, for the offensive line yeah yeah it's been I mean Mike's Mike's been protected and he does a great job of making the checks and you know Saturday night was exactly that I mean the clock's ticking down and there was many times with six and seven seconds left Mike's making one more step towards the line of scrimmage and it's loud you know he's just making sure and solidifying it's hard to hear um maybe one false start um uh the entire game in the first drive um but you know just that that connection and that belief and trust start you know that we have in mike starts with those guys up front because they're protecting him and they've paved the way and like you said they all got their own stories and how they've come together and uh, it's beyond even just those uh those those five and and those seniors you're talking about in particular Corey though man his energy and his passion he was voted to the unity council right away and he's just i mean you know not being here the entire time in his career um but he's a husky <laughs> you know he's a husky through and through and henry coming back you know caught me by surprise a little bit there in in the early months and i think it was in january and then of course jackson um you know that that one's been well documented and uh man super super happy for him you know getting that uh, that win even this weekend closer to home in basketball, when guys have their last home game, the basketball coaches, it's not uncommon for them to start guys who don't have any eligibility left or to get them in the game. Are you going to try to do a little bit of that this week, get some guys in that haven't seen the field much? Yeah, that's always the goal, I think, on a senior day is uh, to try to find those moments. Those, you know, We do a lot of personnel, and um, you know, maybe there's a way to, to work guys in. But uh, you know, first and foremost, these guys would care most about making sure on their senior day that they win the football game. And so whatever role that they've played I think on the in the program up until this point is I think uh, where they understand it would be uh, going in but uh, you know we're certainly aware of of uh, you know any opportunity that we could have to get those guys in there make an impact speaking of the game though on uh, on Saturday you're coming off this big game win against Oregon how, how do you get the guys up for you know a Colorado team that's been struggling to change their coach in the middle of the season and they yep. Obviously, their season hasn't gone the way they would go. Yeah, yeah, I think 
you know, that's always the concern, right? I mean, no matter who you are, um, big game, and then uh, everything you just explained as far as what Colorado's been through, uh, I think you just don't have to look any further than what we've done this season. And at the beginning of the year, we said we can beat everyone on our schedule. And um, probably, honestly, um, there's not such a gap. Uh, I think we're getting becoming a pretty complete team. And each and every week, we're, we're closing that gap on uh, what our potential is. But, um, you know, we've we said all along, you know, everyone can beat us, too. You know, and uh, a few weeks back, uh, you know, we went on a two game losing streak and um, we're going to learn from those uh, games just like we uh, just like we have the wins as well. And so, uh, you know, we've got to be ready. Uh, we got a, a lot riding um, on the season just as far as uh, the opportunities that could present themselves. And so um, before we even think about the last week of the season, we got to make sure we uh, we're focused on Colorado. Um, I think the lessons as far as who we were as a team is that we will keep coming at you. We will keep playing. And that belief, whether it's offense and defense and just in each other, um, that's the part that I think has helped us in these games, like um, especially Oregon State, Oregon, a little bit in Arizona. Um, I, I, it's so... It's so crazy. I keep thinking back to like, how, how did this happen in those two games? We quickly forget and we know internally what we were going through. Um, really, we're the only ones that know what we were going through, probably more so with injuries at that time and uh, just how thin we were and how it was to how hard it was just to put some guys on the football field to practice at times. Um, you know, we, we just one of those things I know you, you focus on for next year is just making sure we never are that vulnerable to where, um, a, you know, some of those things happen, um, like that happened earlier in the year. But, um, those are the lessons that we've learned and that we have applied, I think, uh, in the last four games that we've won and that we'll continue to apply uh, to this weekend.